Hi guys, today is joining the podcast by Joey Capucho. Joey is currently playing for Zebra in Italy. Before that, he was playing for Benetton, and before that, he was involved in the Brumbies Academy in Australia. I really appreciate how open he was in this discussion, and I hope you enjoy. Yeah, so how is Italy at the moment then? Yeah, no, it's good. It's um, my second year here, obviously. Um, last year, I was um, I headed over from Australia. Um, Benetton gave me the opportunity to um, head over from Australia. I um, I gave up rugby for two years back home in Australia just um, for some personal issue, uh, from personal reasons, and I was lucky enough to pick up a contract um, with Benetton and didn't play any games for them last year, but um, signed at Zebra this year. There was actually three of us from Benetton that weren't getting many minutes that played there that all signed at Zebra. Um, and yeah, this year been at Zebra for uh, we're only what, probably half, just over halfway th- or just under halfway through the season, and got a few games so far with them. So um, no, it's been good enjoying the lifestyle and um, trying to learn the language and stuff. So um, yeah, just trying to just trying to um, keep the head down and stay positive, even though um, still haven't played as many games as I would have liked to. But um, hopefully more will come. Just um, got to trust the process. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, um, I take it you start playing at school then in Australia. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I well, I stopped playing probably at a pretty crucial time. Looking back, I was uh, seventeen at the time, and I stopped playing for the last two years of schoolboy footy. Um, and at that time, I think, um, looking back, I was probably, as I said, like it's it's a pretty cr- critical time um, getting signed by. Um, academies and stuff back in back in Oz. I was um, at the time I was with the Brumbies Academy, coming through their system, and um, I was with the Brumbies under 19s, which is the um, the last sort of step before senior contract. Um, and yeah, I just I just gave it up for two years. Just had to focus on myself mentally. Probably um, was going through a bit of a tough time, and physically, actually, probably wasn't able to play the game. Um, and and yeah, I just I just gave it up for two years and then had one year back playing um, club rugby back in Australia um, after I came back and um, had a pretty decent season there. And um, then, yeah, I managed to to get a contract back back over um, here in Italy with the mm. pro team. So that mm. was sort of the story. Um, when you were in school, were you always like involved with the Brumbies up until that under-19s then? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was with the Brumbies during my schooling system. So um, it would sort of work like most mornings. I would get up quite early, um, 5.36, get to Brumbies. I would do like a, a gym and a field session with them um, in their in their academy system and then um, go to school, do my school schoolboy training. Um, and then some days we'd go back to the Brumbies in the afternoon to do another session. And that would go on for... Um, quite a number of years. And then when I was when I was 17, um, so when I was 16, I was lucky enough to play um, in my schoolboy first first 15 team. And I think I was um, I was 16 at the time. So I was still I still had two more years to go at school. Um, and then I signed uh well not signed, I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to go to um, a big rugby school in Australia in Sydney. I went there um, for obviously the reasons to keep my rugby progressing, and long story short, I experienced that was the setback. I my first setback I experienced, and um, experienced the opposite. I just had to 
give up footy and return back home and just uh, focus on life and focus on myself and uh, just getting back into a good mental headspace. Yeah. So, like, is that is that was that more like a mental health thing? Yeah, it was a mental health thing. So, um, I don't know if you've seen, but in the last probably three or four months, I've tried to sort of tell a little bit about my story, but it's not really um, about me getting my story out there. It's more just about um, people out there that um, are too afraid to talk or speak up about something that they may be going through because at the time when I was going through what I was going through, um, you actually think that you're the only one in the world that's going through it and you don't want to talk about it and you don't want to tell anyone how you're feeling because all you think is that you're the only one that's going through it and that no one else can um, understand that or that no one else in the world's experienced what you have before. So um, it's just for people out there to, if they can, to take something from it, whether it be a couple of things because you only have to take a little small thing that might be able to help someone going through what they're going through. So, um, And also uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, Zebra asked me to do like a um, sort of an interview with them, just telling me that, telling my story and yeah I think I'm at the point in point in my life where I can get it out and just try and um try and help people if I can in any way yeah was it hard to get it out at first because like it's so it's so clear speaking about stuff like this especially if you're in your position just helps so many people but was that difficult yeah 100% I think so last year actually when I last year I had a call from um a journalist back in Australia and he wanted to do a story um just asking a little bit about me and how I was going over in Italy and I remember I was I was um speaking to him on the phone and it felt like I was um wasn't ready to get it out off my chest like I was telling him some things I wasn't telling him some things I remember having the conversation with him and then thinking oh no no no, I don't want to say this I don't want to say that it felt like it wasn't an open and honest discussion um and then long story short, I just said to him, I said, mate, I'm not ready to to tell my story. I'm not ready to get it out. So can you please like not release anything? Um, and then I think just in the last the last few months, it's just sort of been a, a weight off my shoulders. And I thought, you know what, like there's always a reason not to do something. And there's always a reason not to get your message out there. But um, I just thought I can. And I just thought the worst thing I did when I was going through my, my uh, mental health um, setback was just not saying anything and just keeping everything to yourself. And um i just thought you know what like there's nothing to lose um i'm just going to get it out there and if people take one or two things from that that can help them then that's the best that they can do that's the best that i can do is for them yeah i love that so how involved with um like how involved was rugby within your mental health like leading to that so um looking back rugby um so the first setback that i went through was um literally like restricted me from playing footy. So um, I went to Sydney. I um, was looking to progress my footy, play at a big rugby school and hopefully get a contract from a super rugby team from there. And long story short, I experienced uh, um, eating disorder and that was my first experience with anxiety. So I, I actually lost 25 to 30 kilos in the space of a year. And I physically like wasn't able to play footy. Like I, I wasn't able to do things that I like, I could, I couldn't make tackles. I couldn't, I couldn't run the ball. Every time I got hit, it felt like I'd been run over by a truck. Like it was, it mm. was terrible. And mm. um, 
like my body was just like wasn't up to it and like looking back at photos now is like I was literally like not in a good way and that was physically one thing but then obviously like all the mental the mental like the negative thoughts and the rumination that goes on with that as well was was huge so um but then like I'm quite grateful for what rugby has given me now because like looking back um like I remember going to trainings I remember leaving school and I remember seeing all the all the boys in the first team going off to trainings after school and seeing all the boys that um, were progressing through the system with the Brumbies Academy at the time. And I was just going home, just whether it be going home, spending time with the family or going to a psychologist or, you know, whatever I was doing at the time, I was taking, taking medication for my mental health. And um, just like the, the two years of sacrifice that, well, like I still may be dealing with certain things today because mm. it's, it's, it's own life, but the the two years of giving it up just like made me so hungry to want to get it back. And um, when I signed with Benetton, it was like a big relief off my shoulders, just in terms of like everything that I've been through. I knew that after being through that, I can I can go through anything in the future. And um, and like I said, like I still struggle to this day with certain things. Like I remember last year. Um, in preseason, we obviously in preseason at a new club, like going out with most blokes on weekends, um, having a few drinks here and there. And I'd been doing it and I probably hadn't been thinking of anything, drinking with boys that were my age, thinking nothing of it. And then one day we went out in preseason um, on a weekend, went half an hour an hour um, to like a beach sort of party town, um, went out with a few boys, had a few drinks. Long story short, the next day I woke up and I was in the worst mental space. I, I couldn't, I couldn't um, go to training for two weeks. I had to see doctors, this and that. Um, so it's just a good reminder. So it was like a, a wake up call that you know, like I've still got to look after myself moving forward. Yeah. And there's there's certain things that I've implemented in my daily life. Um, you know, living living over here in Italy just to make sure that I'm in a good mental space yeah. um, each and every day. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's a big thing, and and rugby is something that um, that gives you that uh, platform to live a healthy life because you're being surrounded by people every day. You're connecting with people. Um, you're you know you're you're being surrounded by people, as I said. You're going to training, you're gymming, you're working on whatever you need to on your fitness. Like there's so many physically and mentally good things about it, but also like you just got to stay mentally resilient. So um, yeah, like I haven't played much footy in the last. Um, a couple of years and um, just that resilience as well is is good just to um, push through and yeah it offers you a lot as I said footy is very um, applicable to life yeah 100% agree with you um, when you, so after those those two years like how did you go about um, like reintegrating yourself did they always say like we have a place for you when you come back or did you get in contact with them like how did that work so at the time I so I was playing um, some club footy back home. And still to this day, I still believe like I was quite lucky to play in the team that I played in. Um, it was obviously just a semi-professional team. I was going to uni and working at the same time. I was working three or four jobs, um, going to uni, training twice a week. And Matt Guido was, um, he had just come back from his stint in Japan and he was off contract. And he just came back to Australia. He was, I think he was 38 at the time two years ago he came back to Australia and he just he was based in Canberra because he has a wife and a couple of kids 
and he just said he wanted to play some local footy just to get back into into footy again before he sees what his next chapter in his life is. Mm. So he so he sort of took me under his wing. It was quite a weird thing. Like I'd never known him before, and he sort of took me under his wing. Um, and we would gym together. We would um, obviously do our trainings on Tuesday, Thursday nights together, and we obviously played. Um, that season of footy together and he was playing 12 and I was playing 10 um, and then we also had another guy at 13 who had played many games for the Brumbies who just come back from playing in Japan as well um, and he his name's James Duggerville and it was weird like those boys just took me under their wing and I learned so much from them like um, and I still believe like if it wasn't for me playing with those those two boys particularly Gitz and James um, you know I wouldn't I wouldn't have um got back into footy so quickly and I don't think I would have played such good so um such good footy so quickly. So I played a I played a year of club footy back in Canberra and then um my agent at that time had got me uh just rang me one day and said um Benetton in in um Italy have seen your footage and they want to sign you. So that's sort of how it happened. Well yeah. So how hard was it to to go to Italy? Was it like as soon as you heard your yes or yeah it was just like a Oh, it was it was like a yes. Let's go. Let's get it done. And then I remember I was like, I think it was a it wasn't the easiest period because it was during COVID, and I had to get an exemption from the club to get to get over there. Um, obviously, I had to get like all my testing and stuff done to make sure I was all good to get over there. I got to the airport, and then I remember I got I was in Sydney, and it was the flight from Sydney to the Middle East, and the. The guy at the checkout said, at the checking desk at the airline said, uh, you've got one thing that you haven't completed. Mm. And I was like, oh, really? So I've called my team manager in Italy at Benetton at the time and I said, mate, I haven't I haven't um haven't got this thing, it's not gonna let me get on the plane. So I had to miss that flight just oh. after I'd said just after I'd said goodbye to all my family back back in Canberra. I had to go back to Canberra, go there for another week or two, whatever it was, do the whole goodbye again and then get back on the plane in two or three weeks time further after that. But yeah, it was a bit, of, it was good. Like it was, um, it was, uh, it was, it was a tough time, obviously, but yeah. it was the best thing I ever did. Like the last two years being over here in Italy, I've been here by myself. Obviously I live, I live with a couple of, a couple of lads. Um, and yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's been awesome. Like the people you meet uh, living over here in, um, in Europe and playing footy um, is um, yeah. Every day I, I remind myself how lucky I am. Yeah, it's very cool. So, like, tell me about that whole experience of just like getting off the plane and like integrating yourself into Italy. Yeah, so um, I flew into I flew into Venice Airport, I think, and then um, got got picked up by the uh, team manager at the time, and just took me to a to a hotel. So Treviso is about half an hour, forty minutes in the car from Venice took me to a hotel and just said, mate, you're in here until we sort out your house. Mm. Um, so I was just in the hotel. Um, can't remember how long it was. It might have been for a week or two. And um, just just there with myself and I'd walk up the training. I could see the training pitch through my window. Um, and I remember, I never forget it the first day. Like, you never forget these things. Didn't know anyone. Um, and I remember um, Bram Stein, um, this South African guy who's played a lot for Italy, just said to me, he said, mate, um, if you ever want to spend time together, like um, because you don't know anyone here, let's let's go out for dinner. So I remember he took me out for dinner the first day I was at the club. Mm. Um, went to a nice restaurant. He paid the bill, like it was 
Oh. It was amazing. And then um, just those small things like um, that they probably don't even realise. But, yeah, like just for him to say, let's go, mate, like uh, just made me feel at home. And then every day I just met new lads, new lads. And long story short, I um, I ended up living with a, a guy, a South African guy called Rayno Smith for three months and his wife last year. Um, and I've just made some of the best mates that I've that I call my brothers today that are still down. I haven't, I haven't seen him for about six or seven months. Other guys as well, like Sebastian Negri, um, real close with him. Monty Iwani, obviously he's gone back to Australia to play Super Rugby. I'd spend most days with him. Um, it's just it's just quite amazing. Like you see these people uh, on Instagram or on TV, whatever, um, when you're back home and then in an, in this in the in the blink of a in the eye you're there you know spending time with them every day and it just shows you like um how grounded you know rugby is and um yeah it's 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 quite cool like just to um being able to spend time and 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 connect with those people like it is yeah so uh, how yeah. many of how many of the boys are actually italian then at, at zebra at the moment yeah so there's probably I reckon half our squad. So half our squad's Italian. So right. we have, so our head coach is Italian. Our forwards coach is Argentinian. Our uh, defense coach is English and our, our attack coach is South African. I reckon we have about, I reckon we have about 11 or 10 South African boys. We probably have, uh, we have three, three Aussies. Um, we got two, three English boys. Um, we've got three or four Argentinian boys. Um, and then, yeah, and then the, the other 20 or so are Italian. So, mm. yeah, it's half and half. So it's, it's, uh, some, some of the Italian boys can't speak a word, a word of English mm. and other, other Italian boys can speak perfect English. Um, some foreigners like us can understand all the English, uh, all the Italian, sorry. And other foreigners can't, can't yeah. speak any Italian. So it's a, so- it's a lot of mix. Yeah, so so it's all the training in Italian then, half and half. So they'll say, like the the coaches that can speak English will say it in English, and then the forwards coach will translate in Italian, and then mm. the same he'll in the meetings the the head coach will say everything in Italian, and then he'll translate everything in English. And is that is that not difficult? Nah, it's not too bad actually. I think it's good like for learning the language, but um, some of the <laughs> Some of the boys struggle. Like it's quite funny. Like when you hear someone doing their Italian lessons and stuff. Like last year, I did my, I did some Italian lessons with some South African boys, and like, they struggle hard, to, hardcore. Like <laughs> just hearing their hearing their pronunciations and stuff is quite funny. But um, is it really nah, bad? It's 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 good fun. It's good fun. You got to have a laugh. Yeah, yeah. That 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 is interesting. Actually, like I always just thought it'd be so so difficult if there's so many different languages at training. Man, and there's so many cultures as well, and it's like, uh, like in my, in where I sit in the, in the change room. So I sit on the corner. On the left of me is the Safa. On the right of me is another Safa. Then there's an Aussie guy. Then there's an Italian guy. Then there's an Argentinian guy. Then there's another Italian guy. So it's like you hear so many languages in like, in one day. Like you hear Afrikaans, then you hear Spanish, then you hear Italian, then you hear like us Aussie boys speaking our slang. Like it's yeah, it's it's quite funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you have you found it tough then not playing as much as you wanted to? Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been very tough. It's been, it's hasn't been easy. Like it's a funny one. Like um, you tell yourself how lucky you are every day to be in a position to 
um, to be to be playing the game and being over here playing the game. But it is it is it is mentally tough and mm. um, yeah, you just got to try and you just got to try and stay positive. And um, I think I'm quite a positive person, so it's um, yeah, I try and selection is one thing and playing is one thing, and that's at the end of the day that's what I want to be doing. But I try to um, if that's not happening, I try to look at all the other positives and um, see them as well and just try and enjoy every day, each and every day as it is. Yeah, so over there for like the non-playing squad, is there like clubs people get sent out to or like how does it work? No, so that's a tough one. So um, it's, if you're not playing footy on, on the weekends, you um, that's it. Like you just, you got to go in on the Saturday. So if there's a Saturday game or a Friday game, whatever, the morning of that um, or the day before, you'll go in and you'll do your gym and your um, non-playing squad training session mm. um and it's tough like like in the last two years i've only played like three three games of footy in the last two seasons so um yeah it's just not really good for development it's not really good for a young bloke like if you're trying to develop as a player but it is what it is you just gotta i think you just gotta bite the bullet sometimes eh? like uh, yeah it'd be good to go out on a loan club um i think that'd be the perfect solution but yeah it's it doesn't happen here yeah so why why have they not done that I'm not sure actually. I think they've just they've just fully contracted fifty people, uh, mm. fifty players to the club, and um, blokes won't go in and out of. Um, so there's a top ten competition here in Italy, mm. and they won't they won't send blokes out to play games in that, um, which is quite interesting. Like I think it'd be good for both. They'd get benefit from both. They get yeah. benefit from the players who are getting minutes each and every week and getting game time. But then, um, yeah, it's I don't know. I actually don't know why they don't do it. I think they are. Uh, I think they just want to keep that squad, that squad number high, and make sure that everyone's available. Yeah, that seems strange. It seems like they'd be almost like able to to get more like Italian, which is probably what they want Italians into the pro teams as well. If they did that, yeah, and it's and it's because um, back home, like that was that's what I was used to back home, like mm. back home in Oz playing club footy there. Like uh, if you're not playing for your club team, you go and if you're not sorry, if you're not playing for your Super Rugby team, you'd go and play for your club team on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so what's um, what's the plan next then for you? So, yeah, so not really sure. So, I, I'm obviously here for the rest of the season, um, and I have a an option to stay for the for the extra season next year. So, um, we'll just see. Like, it's still early days. We still have a we still have a fair chunk of um of games in the season. So, I think we've got another seven or six games on the bounce now. Week back to back and um. Then obviously the Six Nations coming up in February as well. So mm. hopefully, like hopefully, there'll be some uh, opportunities to play, and I think there is because um, just from the, the chats that I've had with some of the coaches, is um, some opportunities will be there around the corner. So to just to keep trucking away and um, yeah, just um, trying to enjoy it. Like if I'm not playing, just to um, keep training well and um, see what happens. I don't want to look too far ahead. Just want to focus on focus on the rest of the year and each and every week and day by day. Yeah. When you're when you're sort of there and you haven't played in whatever a couple of weeks, like what are you what are you telling yourself mentally? Yeah, so I'll just try and like um something that I've been trying to do is that I'll just try and focus on two or three specific points because when you're not playing, there's so many things that you're thinking in your head or what do I need to do to impress the coaches? Why am I not getting picked? What are they doing that I'm not doing? Like there's so many things that you've um got going on in your head at one space in time. But I just try and select two or three things. 
whether it be, okay, this week I'm going to focus on kicking, I'm going to focus on nailing every pass, and I'm going to focus on being confident and just focusing on those three things and just like trying to do that as well as you can. Mm. And just what, just like taking out all the other excess noise and stress that you're putting on yourself. And that's what works for me. I just try and do that. Yeah. And do people kind of like, like fall off the rails when they're not playing? Have you seen that before of like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you see like some boys, some boys that um, aren't getting picked for, like you, you see it so pretty clearly, like some boys will spit the dummy and um, look for excuses as to why they're not getting picked and, you know, hold their head down, they don't want to train well, this and that. And at the end of the day, there's two options. Like you can you can do that or you can, um, you know, just keep the head down and stay positive and stay confident. And um, I think that's a big thing as well is like if you, when you're not getting picked, if you're showing your, if you're showing your resilience um, and, and confidence, then... Um, that's the best thing you can do, I think. Just because when your time comes, just then you're ready mentally, and you're mentally ready, which is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, would you say it's quite like like culturally different from Australia to, to Italy? Yeah, very, di- very, very different. Like um, from from a lifestyle point of view, um, living over here is very like uh, back backward in in a sense that like. Um, it takes a long time to get things done here. Like um, things that back home you might take for granted or things from back home that you think might, might take, you know, this long to get done over here. They take twice as long. And sometimes um, that can be the frustrating part of, part of it um, because they like to, like they put a lot of emphasis on meetings here. Mm-hmm. They like, they like to talk about things and go over things before they go on the field. Um, they, um, yeah, they like to, they like to spend a lot of time talking um and from a from a rugby point of view probably um yeah probably like set set piece is probably one that i've been quite um i guess um intrigued by is that i thought coming here to italy um actually in saying that like at, last year at benetton it was like zebra and benetton for me you couldn't get two two opposites of um of mindsets in like the way they play so at Benetton it was all like eliminate risks we don't want to there's no black or white there's no grey area it's black or white so like we have a clear exit zone we don't play any footy in this in this part of the field um, after a certain amount of phases we've got to transfer pressure we want to defend and we want to get the ball in there in their half um, it was all set piece orientated so hookers had to nail their throws like scrumming was a big one um, if, if the pass wasn't on don't throw it um, just like eliminating risk and just playing very conservative footy. Mm. And then here at Zebra, it's the complete opposite. Like most African coaches um, have a mindset to to kick and play like a defensive um, system. But D- Dave Williams, the attack coach here, has sort of brought in a philosophy to um, just like be all attack-based. So like all our footy is attack-based. It's just like um, just being brave and like keeping the ball moving and um, – if you think it's not on, don't throw it. But if you think it's on, throw it. And yep. if it doesn't come off, well, that's okay. Is that it's going to back you in that decision in that point in time? So it's quite interesting. Like even in our twenty-two, he gives us the freedom to put the kick pass on or put a chip over the top or um, throw the cut ball. Like it's yep. um, yeah, it's it's real, it's real, it's real interesting in the way that um, the two Italian teams like differ in terms of how they play. So I'm really enjoying Zebra uh, in terms of the way they play because it's very like. 
from what I'm used to back home, like attack based, attack based, like just move the ball and have a crack. So um, yeah, I've really enjoyed that philosophy and that that mindset of 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 free here. Yeah. So how how did the move then come between the two clubs? So just um, just my agent told me that um, there was an opportunity. So at Zebra, so last year, the last week of the season uh, mm-hmm. of the UIC, Zebra Zebra um, called me and just asked me if they wanted to come for like a trial for a week. Um, and I did a trial for a week, and then um, they offered me a contract after the trial. So um, yeah, so just that was pretty much how it came about. Um, and there was two other blokes in the in a similar situation to me that weren't getting any footy at, at um, Treviso that moved over to Zebra. So there was three of us that moved over at sort of the same time. Yeah, and um, you said the big difference in playing styles in terms of like the training and just like the week-to-week lifestyle is a big difference. Yeah, yeah, quite different. Um, like our, our field sessions at Zebra are quite long. They go for uh, any, any, any time from an hour to two hours. Uh, like yesterday's, the session was probably an hour and a half long. Um, and they just put like big emphasis on like long sequences of plays. So they put big emphasis on like um, two, three, three and a half minutes ball in play because that's what we want to try and generate in the games is uh, make other teams um, fatigued. And um, when they've been defending for long phases for us to um, do our thing there and attack. Um, so yeah, so probably gym twice a week, two two main sessions a week in the gym. Um, and probably two main days, two main field days, but we probably train... Um, so like Monday will be clarity on the field. Tuesday will be a big day on the field. Wednesday off. Thursday will be another big day on the field, and then Friday captain's run. Um, so yeah, two like main main field sessions, which go for quite a substantial time. And then at Benetton, like at Benetton last year, the field sessions were probably a little bit less, um, but more intense. I'd say like more drill focused. Like we do more drills. Um, more specific, like okay, we're going to do this, this, and this. Work on those drills, and then come together um, at the end for far less time, probably half the amount of time, and just go through. It was much more like going through, like okay, this is going to be our lineout play on the weekend. This is going to be our scrum play. This is our exit play, and we just replicate like multiple times during the week, like going through like every every scrum, every lineout play, every exit play, every restart play. Whereas yeah. here at Zebra, it's, you might do it once at training, get one shot, one kill, and then you move on to the general system and uh, phase play where at Benetton it was just like not much general play and general phase play it was more like okay we're going to do our we're going to do all our system and we're just going to keep doing that all week all week all week yeah yeah so um, I'm interested going from Waratahs or sorry Brumbies did you say yeah 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 going from Brumbies like to Italy how how different was this the whole setup it's quite it was quite similar um mm. In terms of like, um, yeah, I think it was quite similar. Like when I was, when I was with the Brumbies Academy and we did the the nineteen the Brumbies nineteens period, that was, um, yeah. So we were probably together for, um, for how long we were together for? Maybe a few months before yeah. the before the tournament, and then it was like a two week tournament where we just play all the other franchises in Australia. Um, but yeah, probably the, the the only thing that I can think of that would be different from. Um, the setup in Brumbies to over here would be the probably the recovery facilities and the um, everything else is the same in terms of like resources and yeah. um, setup for the for the boys um, and like week day day in day out like stuff with, in terms of like meetings and field sessions um, they probably put like a, a lot more focus on like skills 
like um, more skills at the Brumbies. Probably like you'd work a lot more on your pass. You'd you'd, you'd work a lot more on your kick. You'd work mm-hmm. a lot more on like those small finer details. Um, um, but yeah, probably just the recovery, the recovery center at the Brumbies was probably better. They're probably like a hot cold there and like a sauna there. Uh, the two clubs here in Italy, they don't have any sort of um, recovery recovery uh, for the boys to use. So that's probably yeah. the only thing I can think of. Yeah, yeah. Look, mate, um, just want to finish. Well, any advice you'd give to your younger self? Advice to give my younger self? Yeah, just um, just don't look too far ahead. Um, at the time, just um, don't compare yourself to other people and don't let uh, what people say get to you. Um, just run your own race run your own race and finish your own race and just take every day as it comes. Um, don't try and impress other people and don't do anything for other people. Just um, do, it, do it for what you what you love. Like I always say to myself, if it's not going to make you happy, don't do it. Um, and just take each and every day as it comes and don't look too far ahead. Just focus on the small things and um, yeah, smell the roses as they uh, when they're there. Love that.